Welcome to the Veterans for Peace Radio Hour and Podcast on Radio Free Nashville, 107.1 and 103.7 and streaming live at RadioFreeNashville.org. They were called Jesus Rifles. The Department of Defense had contracted with Trigicon, which makes um, uh, night vision uh, sites for rifles. Well, Trigicon is a Christian company, and they inscribe a Bible verse reference on all of their products, including the ones that the DOD bought that went over to, uh, that they were training the Afghan forces with. So they're training Muslims. And, you know, people say, oh, they didn't know, they wouldn't know what it meant. And they said, oh, they knew what it meant. Calling it, this is your Jesus rifle. If you run out of bullets, you hit them with your Jesus rifle. And this is this is within earshot of, of the um, Afghan people that are working on the military bases. That was Chris Rhoda. She is the Senior Research Director for the Military Religious Freedom Foundation and the author of Liars, for Jesus, the Religious Rights Alternative Version of American History, and an article that we want to talk about. But first, my name is Jim Wolkamuth, and I'm here with fellow Vietnam veteran Harvey Bennett. Veterans for Peace is an international organization of military veterans and allies whose collective efforts are to build a culture of peace, humanity, equality, and justice. Just go to veteransforpeace.org. This radio show and podcast is on stations across the country. Thanks to the Pacifica Radio Network, and we are also on SoundCloud, Anchor Podcast, Spotify, and your phone podcast app. Just search Veterans for Peace. The Veterans for Peace Radio Hour and Podcast and Radio Free Nashville are supported in part by the Green Party of Tennessee, bringing some common sense into the bipolar world of American politics. Go to greenpartyoftennessee.org. While the mainstream media, YouTube, Twitter and other platforms are censoring voices of activism and dissent. We will continue to share those voices who stand up against the establishment, who stand up against the military, industrial, congressional, media, corporate complex, who stand up for us, the global us. On with the show. So today we have Chris Rhoda, the Senior Research Director for the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, otherwise known as MRF and the author of Liars for Jesus, The Religious Rights Alternative Vision of American History, and From Theocracy to Religious Liberty, Connecticut's Journey from Thomas Jefferson's Wall of Separation letter to a state constitutionist told through the newspapers of the time. Now, my wife found Chris's article in Daily Coast, and the article was named or was called Former Army Chaplain PhD Dissertation Reveals Southern Baptist Blueprint to Convert the Military. So she said, you got to take a look at this article. And so I just searched on it and I found it also in the LA Progressive. And what this article does is it brings to life something that is truly troubling uh and for me goes against not only the constitution and the separation of church and state but also the teachings of jesus for christ's sake um i mean uh, harvey and i with being veterans for peace we've been talking about uh ukraine and climate and whatever and then i see this article and i'm thinking this this just adds to 
the dilemma that we're facing. So, Chris, could you tell us what did I miss in the introduction? And then just tell us what you found uh, that you put in this article. And then then we'll just start asking questions because there's so many. There's so much here. So much. Yeah. Um, your introduction was pretty complete there. Um, as far as the article goes, uh, the Southern Baptists are one of the main denominations among military chaplains who are basically like they're against the chaplaincy. They don't think the military chaplaincy is like real church, Southern Baptists whatever. So the article was about was um, this uh, very recently retired army chaplain was in for like 27 years named William Harrison, got a um, doctorate in an astounding seven months um, at from uh, I think it was Midwest Baptist or theological seminary or whatever, um, in which he laid out in stark detail the Southern Baptists plans to use the chaplaincy to do what they call church planting, which is to open a church just outside a military base and then have the Southern Baptists siphon off the congregants from the military chapel to their outside church. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the Southern Baptists have something like 1400 chaplains in the military. That is, uh, it's 28% last I checked of the chaplaincy or Southern Baptists, even though only like less than 1% of the military population identifies as Southern Baptists. What they are doing is trying to, they like in this guy's words, he said to flood the chaplaincy. But their goal isn't to make the chaplaincy better or to service chaplains. Their goal is to use the chaplaincy to spread their beliefs and to get people into their church and then to go on to their next duty stations, spreading the Southern Baptists, <laughs> very fundamentalist credo message how did you find this dissertation um one of the attorneys who does the uh, work for murph has a news feed where he gets um uh different things pop up related to uh church and state in the military and he emailed like hey you might want to take a look at this and um, then I went on ProQuest and bought the dissertation because it was all that was available free was uh, the abstract, the beginning of it. So I actually bought the dissertation and um, started going through it. And this, what he's, what this guy is talking about, isn't new. The Southern Baptists have been at this for quite a while, as well as a couple other fundamentalist Christian denominations, but. Um, this was the, the plan just like laid out their, their whole strategy, everything. Here it is in black and white. Yes, they really are doing this. While they're getting paid at taxpayer expense to be chaplains. Exactly. 
So they're getting paid. We're paying for them to not only spread the Southern Baptist evangelical fundamentalist creed credo to um, to military, but they want to undermine the other chaplains. Yes, yes. Well, they they don't even they don't even want to use the military chapels because people who they say are their word, they're not biblical, um, also use those chapels. And we're not just talking about other religions like Islam or you know Judaism, whatever. We're talking about other Christian denominations. Mm-hmm. Right. That they consider these chapels to be, I guess, tainted because, you know, uh, say a denomination that um, allows same-sex marriage performed a wedding in it so that that chapel's now tainted with the gayness or whatever and or even even a woman oh yeah the right of a woman yes yeah they're no they're totally against um women being ministers um women being chaplains and uh sexist misogynistic uh every you know everything that goes just this hardcore fundamentalist christian nationalist and christian nationalism is a big part of this mm-hmm. um i know you had emailed me an article about uh michael flynn with that reawakening yeah, reawaken. this stuff can't be separated right mm. it's yeah. it's christian nationalism right is the, is the term for it and see any chaplain in the military needs to have an endorsement uh-huh. from an official uh recognized endorsement body and that checks their qualifications and whatever Mm -hmm. and for the southern baptists they put that under missionary like it's called the uh north american mission board yeah because they consider the military to be a harvest field yes it's 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 a mission they're not you know like i said they're, they're using the chaplaincy to spread their own very narrow you know beliefs but they consider the missionary there was one uh we had a a video of one of them uh saying the young young service members are ripe as black bananas for the picking Mm -hmm. let's uh, let's hear i've got that well i mean you can get it right out of uh right out of scripture you know yeah harvest and Yeah, well, I, the uh, language that they use yeah. and the language this guy uses in his dissertation yeah. throughout it is is um, about the, well the, the, I think even the title of the dissertation is something like the military as a mission field mm-hmm. yeah is yeah. the title of it right. well I've I've got a clip from the the video that you're talking about Chris oh good and so I'd like to play it it's a nine minute clip but I and I've picked out three minutes worth of it or three and a half minutes worth of it. Want me to explain what the video is before you play it? Sure. Okay. We put together a number of years ago and it's been added to since there's been newer versions of it, clips of just what we've been talking about with the fundamentalist Christians in the military, the evangelicals who are, who consider the military to be their mission field to harvest and prey upon uh, soldiers and other the other branches while they're in training 
because that's one of the most vulnerable and the most open to the gospel as one of the guys says in that video is when they're so worn down from training there's one guy in the video talks about getting the uh, guys in ranger training when they haven't eaten or slept for three days and that's when he goes after them to try to convert them and they come right out and this is the video uh, that you're about to play the clips from is a compilation of uh, various chaplains and um, outside like a, approved military ministries that are on military bases. So that's uh, the gist of the video. All right, let's hear it. Most of the young people that come into the military are there probably because they're trying to figure out who they are. They come in, they're open to talk about anything. They ask all kinds of questions. From an evangelistic standpoint, I've always referred to them as ripe as black bananas. <laughs> and it's great to be a government-paid missionary. Missions to Military, a ministry designed to win and train the military for Jesus Christ. It is our privilege to introduce these servicemen and women to the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. Remember, many of these young people will have an opportunity to view world missions firsthand as they travel at government expense. Most importantly, I think as a, as a Christian, and especially as a Southern Baptist, we put the chaplaincy under the mission board, the North American Mission Board. And that's because we really do look at our job, I look at my job, as the opportunity to be an evangelist, as the opportunity to be a missionary within the military. Now the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 10, the Bible says, do not be deceived. It says the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible says that the sexual immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, uh, those who practice homosexuality, the thieves or the greedy, the drunkards, revilers, or swindlers, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Just want to find a group of people who would stand when nobody else would, who would stand when nobody else could. Thank you for standing for our country. Thank you for standing for our freedom. And thank you for standing for Jesus Christ. Fort Benning is a very busy place. On any given day, you can find over 30,000 soldiers in training in one of 32 different schools. Training takes place seven days a week and 50 weeks a year. Recent news predicts an additional 10 to 15,000 new soldiers will be added to this ripe harvest field in the next few years. In order to fulfill the obligation of preaching the gospel to every creature at Fort Benning, God has allowed us to diversify this ministry in unique areas. soldiers. So there's a lot of things that are being changed in their life and they're reevaluating a lot of things in their life. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is how they can have a personal relationship with God. And we pray that not only do they become soldiers here in boot camp, but we, we pray that they'll come into God's army in the sense of uh, giving their life over to Jesus Christ and serving him. A while back, I was assigned here as the school of infantry chaplain. When I got here, I realized that we had a unique opportunity here one that doesn't exist in the other armed services. See, everybody that graduates from Marine Corps boot camp goes to the School of Infantry. Everybody in the Marine Corps is taught basic unit infantry skills before
before they go to their MOS or follow-on training. I realize this was a unique opportunity. This is what we call a gateway ministry. This is Army Ranger School. It puts the, the student, the Ranger student, in the absolute worst possible conditions. Most of them will go a couple of days with no food. Some of them have gone as long as three days without any sleep whatsoever. My goal has been to meet them when they're at their absolute worst, when they're coldest and the most tired and the most hungry that they're going to be. Because the more difficult the circumstances, the more receptive the average person becomes to issues of faith. That's them in their own words. Yeah. And <laughs> later on in the video, later on in the video, they're interviewing a soldier. And the soldier said that, um, and it, nicely spoken, you know, polite, but he said, this, this is my opportunity to spread the good word and to bring people to Jesus. And where is he? Where is he? Afghanistan. Okay. He's in Afghanistan. <clears throat> and the, the whole, the whole idea is we go to these other countries uninvited as we have these wars of choice from Korea to Vietnam to all our actions in the Middle East where we we're unwanted as as it is but then we're sending these guys over to preach the gospel i see that inherently wrong i you know if we if we got folks on a military mission the military should be the mission whatever that mission is and you know that's been hard to explain uh, over the last 50 60 years anyway but to actually then have them proselytizing when they're there i i see you know, I see that as just inherently wrong because we do, we are supposed to be a diverse country and we are supposed to be able to welcome Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims and Jews into the military and hear yes. this. And, and, and yes. And agnostics. I tell you one, one of our big things we exposed, they were called Jesus rifles. The Department of Defense had contracted with Trijicon, which makes um, uh, you know, night vision uh, sites for rifles. Well, Trijicon is a Christian company, and they inscribe a Bible verse reference on all of their products, including the ones that the DOD bought that went over to, uh, that they were training the Afghan forces would. So they're training Muslims. And you know, people say, oh, they didn't know, they wouldn't know what it meant. And they said, oh, they knew what it meant. <laughs> and um, there was one story from uh, one soldier who was over there who wrote to us and told us that his, uh, I guess, a senior NCO was actually calling it, this is your Jesus rifle. If you run out of bullets, you hit them with your Jesus rifle. <laughs> and this is, this is within earshot of, of the um, Afghani people that are working on the military bases. We have senior NCOs, commanders, 
spouting off loudly about Jesus rifles. You know, and there, there was, um, it's not General Order 1A now, but it was at the time at the height of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, General Order 1A strictly prohibited any proselytizing in these other countries, any at all. They were sending over, um, uh, you know, shipments of Bibles in, in Darien and um, the various different languages over there. Um, there's, I mean, so much happened during those years uh, with Murph. It was just constant uh, things putting our troops in danger because we're being seen as crusaders. So they're already in danger. Let's put them in more danger by mm -hmm. trying to spread the love of Jesus to the Muslims. I mean, it was absolute insanity. It was just, um, but the, yeah, the Jesus rifles was, uh, you know, it, 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 because of our exposing them, 11 countries that had troops in Iraq and Afghanistan stopped using them or they, they actually Triticon sent them kits to file off the, uh, mm -hmm. the, the repair kit it was a little file or Dremel or something to file off the Bible verse reference, but that wasn't happening fast enough. So we had a, he was a Baptist minister, I'm assuming American Baptist, um, whose son was over in, I can't remember if it was Afghanistan or Iraq and this minister wrote to us and told us he sent over really thin electrical tape to his son's unit to pass out to everybody to cover these Bible verse references on their rifles. Good. <laughs> and the Southern Baptists have a absolute strategy yeah. to take over the military. Yeah, well, there's, a, there's actually a few uh, fundamentalist denominations just as the Southern Baptists are there in such numbers. Yeah. Okay. That they're the largest, they're the largest religious organization in the country. Right. But, but in the military, fewer than 1% of military, when they do these like religious surveys, whatever, identify as Southern Baptists. Okay. But the, like I, was, I, I guess I said before, the Southern Baptists have 28% of the chaplaincy. Overall, uh, you know, patriotism and pro-military feelings in the South are, are generally very prominent. And a large chunk of those people are Southern Baptists, whether they identify. Well, it's a, the surprising, <laughs> surprising thing that, you know, we get labeled as an atheist organization, which is not true. 95% and this is held for, I guess we're in our 16th year, that 95% of the people who come to us for help, which is now up to like 80,000 over the course of whatever, are Christians of some sort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are being told by the fundamentalists, they're not the right kind of Christian, they're not Christian enough, um, <laughs> but most of the 95% of the people who come to us for help are Christians. So I, I want to go back to your article. In it, you say, so there you have it. Southern Baptist chaplains paid for by the U.S. government. And we need to emphasize that. 
Southern Baptist chaplains paid for by the U.S. government to run and preach in military chapels should flood the military with the goal of undermining those very same military chapels by planting their own churches outside the military installations and stealing military congregants. Uh, then you go on, you say, and Harrison even has a plan to fund oh. these churches, these church plants with government. How? By opening Christian counseling, counseling centers <laughs> near military bases that accept the military TRICARE health insurance, and then using the profits from these Christian counseling centers to fund their church plants. Uh, the scheme is, uh, as Harrison explains his scheme in his dissertation, army families need Christian counseling centers in proximity to the post where they can receive professional care in a timely manner using their military benefits when one of these centers is directly affiliated with the missional church focused on military ministry, these centers can fund the church towards self-sustainment. The counseling centers would need to be first certified as third-party practices that accept TRICARE. Oh my God. Yeah, that, and that's something that was new. I, that's the first time I had seen that. Um, I was saying the, their whole thing about church planting and, and using the chaplaincy to convert people and all that, that's been going on for a long time. This guy's dissertation was the first time I ever saw that plan to this Christian counseling center scheme to actually get the, it's basically getting the government to pay for their planting of their churches that will then undermine the chapels. So first of all, I need, I need to ask you, when you're doing your research, what type of counseling are they providing? What? Oh, the, you know, that's like, and this is, this is with other organizations also like Campus Crusade for Christ and others. Um, basically, they don't think any kind of secular counseling is good or adequate and they have programs. I know Campus Crusade does um, these like fundamentalist Christian uh, for like PTSD. I mean, so we're talking serious people with serious problems and they're, they're being told not to go to the professional secular uh, counselors, medical facilities, take medications, the, you know, things that might you mean life or death stuff they're talking about here where it's basically you find jesus and 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 ptsd will just go away um it's it's really really uh sick i mean it's it's um it's dangerous for it's, sure it's danger dangerous is the best word for it yeah um this and and the mere fact that not only are the chaplains which are overly represented by Southern Baptists uh, are getting paid by the government, but then they're actually undermining their own chaplains, chaplaincy 
if that's a word, by sending folks out to a chapel that is outside the base, right. where they can get counseling services by using their TRICARE. Yeah. I mean, so this, this, yep. is, uh, this is a scam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, so they're, they're finding a way to fund the undermining of the they're getting they're getting it two different ways they're yeah they're they're you know they have the chaplains being paid by the government who are undermining the chapels and then they're going to also fund their outside churches by opening these counseling centers to now this is just this guy's dissertation whether or not the southern baptists have actually adopted this scheme is Mm -hmm. i I just haven't. I mean, I, I I wouldn't doubt that they have. I just yeah. can't attest to. Hey, have we seen this? But it sounds like you know. <laughs> it's, it's well, he put it in writing. I mean, yeah. and, and well, he it, was a chaplain. I've said very yeah. recently retired just this past December, chaplain for twenty seven years. So he knows the military. He knows what's going on in mm-hmm. the chaplaincy i mean it's not like somebody just having these ideas that doesn't know how to carry them out right right and just the just the idea that it's out there and i understand the southern baptists are going through a uh, a, a big scandal right now with regard to uh yeah. sexual abuse within there so um, maybe maybe this isn't uh front and center right now but just the idea and and hearing the clip with all the different voices from the different bases from the different chaplains and the harvesting i when i heard harvesting over yeah. that really it, that really was scary to me yeah that um we are first of all first of all if you look to to today's all volunteer military you can't really call it all volunteer because there is such a poverty draft right, right. now. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so you're taking people that are poor and uh, are looking for any way to maybe get out of their town or get 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 some sort of opportunity. And here, um, this religious this religion, um, I guess we shouldn't call it a cult, but um, is is trying to harvest them during their weak moments. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to when I was um, backed into joining the Navy when I was 19. And, you know, you're very vulnerable. Yeah. You're very vulnerable. And all of a sudden, they're, you're vulnerable. And all of a sudden, they're going to give you a gun for God, right. give you a gun for Jesus. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I got to say that the reason a lot of these things I talk about with to do with um what they're called parachurch military ministries that are allowed on the military bases. Campus Crusade for Christ has one um, different the navigators, um, officers, Christian fellowship. There are all these outside groups that are allowed on the military bases. Okay. And that's fine. And, but there was, um, I was, I think Fort Jackson, the, the largest um, army basic training base, that's I believe is Fort Jackson, they had, um, it was called God's Basic Training. Mm. We got our hands on this program. 
and it was basically fill in the blank thing saying like when when you join the military you really joined the ministry and there was like a fill in the blanks test that was the right answer that because of our organization the military religious freedom foundation because of us having exposed so much of the stuff about these groups uh i'd say between I started in 2007, between let's say 2007, 2012, in that time period, we exposed so much stuff about these groups that they started becoming more secretive, but they're, okay. they're still active and doing the same stuff. And, and um, they're just not making everything like publicly available on their websites. You have to be a member and sign in and this, not yeah. see anything, but yeah, God's basic training. That was, that was a classic. If when you join the military, you've really joined the ministry. Well, um, tell us, tell us about Murph. Mikey, Mikey Weinstein. Uh, Mikey, well, um, he he's a graduate of the uh, Air Force Academy, class of '77. Um, his father was a graduate of Annapolis. Both his sons graduated from the Air Force Academy. His daughter-in-law, military family. Um, he himself had faced some anti-Semitism when he was at the academy, you know, in the 70s. But what, what got him <clears throat> to start Murph was his son. His younger son was um, facing major anti-Semitism. And I guess he was on a visit to the academy. And his son told him, I'm going to get in trouble because, you know, the next person who calls me a effing Jew, I'm going to beat him up, whatever he said. I can't remember the exact words. Um, Mikey has a book uh, titled uh, With God on Our Side um, that's got all the details of this. Uh, so Mikey set out to you know, see what's happening at the Air Force Academy. And then long story short, quickly finds out it's not just the Air Force Academy, it's the entire military. The Air Force Academy is a hotbed, um, but uh, it's it's everywhere. All the Academy is also uh, it's Colorado Springs. Is yeah. that where they are? It's also the the home of uh, James Dobson and that crowd. Right, well, they they picked Colorado <laughs> Springs because the Air Force Academy was there. Yeah, if this isn't by accident, right? Uh huh. So <laughs> he he established this to the military religious. Freedom Foundation to fight back, right? To, and to ex expose what's going on and to help uh, service members who are facing discrimination and violations of their rights and the First mm -hmm. Amendment rights and everything. Because of this, we help the service members who are uh, um, their their real real life effects. They're commanding officers of fundamentalist Christian. They get invited to the commanding officer's Bible study and they don't want to go. They feel like they have to go because that commanding officer holds their career in his hands. Right. right. So it's that kind of pressure on and, and stuff going on. I mean, it's it's that's a, the most basic example. Mm -hmm. How many all the time? How many military people have you helped? Uh, it's it's up to around 80,000. Uh, some come single by themselves others it'll be a group from a ship or a base or a, you know installation um that say 20 people mm -hmm. you know come as a group 
we want your help. How would um, they get in touch it's up, with it's, you? It's about 80,000 now. Well, and how would they get in touch? Uh, they can go to our website. It's uh, militaryreligiousfreedom.org. And our emails are there and, and we're very easy to get in touch with. Um, we're very quick to respond, we try to respond to everybody within, you know, if not the same day, by the next day, we respond to people and people are always surprised that two things, how fast we respond and that most often it's Mikey himself who responds. How do you obtain relief for these people? If the whole uh, Usually, um, <laughs> It'll be going, Mikey will go to usually two levels above the person who's uh, doing whatever is going on. So that that person's commander's commander. Right. And a lot of times it just gets resolved quickly and easily. Um, other times uh, there's a fight, you know, um, but uh just various ways and also exposing them in the media you know that's the last thing they want mm -hmm. now has, I has, has any uh any level of authority in the pentagon itself ever responded in a constructive way to what's going on to try to change it or try to uh, punish you know have actual uh sanctions against people who uh who do this sort of activity um there are regulations that have been put in place oh, there's a general order 1a the iraq and afghanistan prohibiting any proselytizing at all um we were instrumental in getting the air force to pass what's um it's Air Force Instruction 1-1, which covers a, a, quite a few topics, but there is a section in there that we are uh, behind, we were behind that um, says leaders at any level can't, uh, their actions can't show that they're um, showing favoritism for any faith or religion or non-religion or whatever. Like, and what's funny is what a lot of commanders in the Air Force they're not familiar with it. As soon as they're shown this regulation, they're like, oh my God, we're gonna put a stop to this right now. You know, so sometimes it's just giving them the information. Hey, you know about this regulation? <clears throat> I was so I was so appalled by what was in that film that Mikey Weinstein and his son were in with James Carroll. Yeah. What's the name? What's the name well, of that film? Constantine's Constantine Sword. Constantine Sword which is a film based on a book that James Carroll had written back around 2001 uh, called The History of uh, Jews and the Church. And it's about the history of anti-Semitism and Christianity. And, uh, you know, it starts at the start of Christianity, basically. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the, the film is a documentary about, uh, mainly focused on anti-Semitism rather than trying to convert Catholics to Baptists or whatever, but it's a, but it's so uh, shocking what was done to these Jewish cadets at the Air Force Academy. Yeah, uh, and uh, I saw it in 2010, I think, with my dad, who was about 90. He's uh, my parents were basically Russian Jew, children of Russian Jews who escaped. 
uh, I was never, none of us were ever raised in the faith. They were not observant, but certainly that was his identity. And uh, so it was pretty powerful watching it with him. But uh, I just wondered, because uh, my grandson's best friend is just finishing his first year at the Air Force Academy. <laughs> and I was, I was concerned about him. He's not Jewish, but just is that sort of crap still going on? Or well, would we know if it was? <laughs> this is an example of what things are like there. Every year, there's a group of um, cadets who basically pretend and I, I, I'm assuming this is still going on. It's, it's, it was going on for quite a while. The leader of this group is just known as Spartacus. They're kept anonymous. And it's a, a group that was about 100 of them at one point, cadets who decided the way to get through the Air Force Academy was just to pretend to be fundamentalist Christians. So they'd like leave Christian music CDs in their rooms and they, mm -hmm. they attend Spire the every once a week special programs in religious education that all the cadets have to pick a group and mm. you know um, go, you know, be Christianized or whatever. Um, but uh, that the cadets would feel they had to violate their own the honor code, you know, the, the honor code yeah. does not lie or tolerate yeah. anyone who does. And these cadets felt like they had to live a lie of lying that they were fundamentalist Christians when they weren't to survive the Air Force Academy. Of course, the Air Force Academy the biggest structure there is the chapel is it not <laughs> yeah it's like the most well-known uh, it's like a tourist attraction you know with protestants they got the upstairs that big you know the thing the recognizable thing you know it's, it's like Catholic. the mormon it's like the mormon, in the basement uh, church in salt lake city or something it's just yeah uh, right <laughs> so i wonder if those are uh, if those services are non-denominational or well i, I think the they have it's a Protestant service. Mm -hmm. um, they only separate Protestants in the military into liturgical or non-liturgical. Mm. So basically, you know, I guess the non-liturgical is just the singing and waving arms in the air and all that um, stuff. And, and the, the Baptists are not like the Baptists the, are non-liturgical. They don't believe in liturgy. <laughs> yeah, right. That, well, that's the thing. That's it's the thing. That's that's really the only distinction in like chapel services is liturgical or non-liturgical. Uh -huh. Okay. Right. So um, looking more at the dissertation, um, Weinstein, the, he, the, the Harrison, says Weinstein accused this chaplain of having declared the United States military to be a weapon of biblical retribution. Although Weinstein's overstated style leads a logical thinker to dismiss his idea, ideas inflammatory attacks, such as a cause for hypersensitivity towards political correctness, which in turn directly affects policy and instills fear into American service members to include many who serve in the chaplain corps. So, so basically he's are, saying on, on one hand, nobody listens to Mikey. It's Weinstein, by the way, Weinstein. Nobody listens to Mikey because of his rhetoric. But on the other hand, we've instilled fear into them all. So which is it? 
you know yeah like, basically the, it's the we instill fear in them um is well how are you how are you scaring them to death well, a lot of it's exposing them. Um, yeah. uh, some of the things that we've managed to get stopped and people, uh, you know, in some serious trouble and, you know, make the next one think twice about, you know, trying to proselytize their subordinates, you know, because yeah. they see, hey, this guy, you know, they got him all over the news for doing this. You know, I'm not going to take the chance you know so yeah we instill fear in them so i think you're doing god's work um we get told that quite a bit for an organization that keeps getting labeled as atheists <laughs> yeah so um i i want to give you a chance to talk about your books oh sure and, and the um liars for jesus the religious rights alternate version of american history and i use the term religious right because it was just before people started using the term Christian nationalism, which is a so much more apt term because basically it's Christian nationalism. We are a Christian nation. This history it shows that we're, you know, we are founded as a Christian nation. What my books do, the Liars for Jesus books is two volumes. They debunk in detail all the lies about American history. Um, that were used over the course of the last, say, four more or more decades to get us to this point where people just say, oh, yeah, we're a Christian nation without even thinking about it. Um, the people, uh, Christian nationalists, say that stormed the Capitol on January 6th and had a big cross, you know, they genuinely believe because of the decades of then the homeschooling with the, the Christian nationalist version of American history. And um, they genuinely believe this, that we were founded as a Christian nation, mm -hmm. but it's all lies. All the, the stories that, and history, fake history books that were put out by people like David Barton, um, who the Time Magazine at one point named him one of the 25 most influential evangelicals in the country. Guy travels the country with a presentation spreading these lies about American history, you know, distorted quotes and whatever. So that my Liars for Jesus books debunk those lies about American history and give the facts and the actual documents mm -hmm. and quotes and all of that. So if you're into history, um, and also into the separation of church and state, I recommend my books. <laughs> I, doesn't all of this violate separation of church and state? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's it's, it's at the very core. Of, you can't get more fundamental than that, you know. Um, but, you know, with us, it's also violating there's the military regulations that they violate. It's, if, if everyone in the military simply obeyed all the military regulations having to do with religion, we wouldn't need to exist. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the, the regulations are there. They're just not right. adhered to. Right. Just like the First Amendment is there. It's just not adhered to. Yeah. It's so and your and your other book? 
the Connecticut book. Um, yeah. yeah, the um, you you said the title better than I did. It basically, it it. I'm I'm really into old newspapers and the writing in old newspapers. I just love <laughs> reading old newspapers. This tells the story of how Connecticut went from being a theocracy like it was when the Danbury Baptist wrote to Thomas Jefferson in 1801 to 1818 when Connecticut finally got a, a real state constitution that um, had religious liberty in it. But it's there's very little, the little, little bit of explanation and narrative from me in between the articles, but it's basically told through the articles, including poetry, political poetry was just phenomenal back, back then, the creativity of these people. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're, again, into history, uh, it's uh, reading it in their own words from 1801 to 1818. What, what was in the newspapers, op-eds, um, poetry, all sorts of stuff. Even even with that, Connecticut was uh, maybe the best known state to outlaw contraception. <laughs> well, that, that came way later than this. <laughs> that was, yeah, that period. was later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that might get uh, out the window when the Supreme Court uh, rules against uh, oh, man. Yeah, that's going to have ramifications. It's other, you know, nothing is going to be safe. Yeah. No. If, if you were, if you were in front of a bunch of high schoolers with some people that might be, that just got back from the recruiting station that is in just about every high school, at least every poor high school. Um, what would you tell these kids who were considering the military? Well, I would tell them that he has great opportunities in the military. I'd also give them one of Murph's business cards in case they need it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know, I would never discourage someone from joining the military. It's, you know, a great life for a lot of people. And, and, um, you know, of course, defending our country, um, I would make them, you know, say, beware, you know, watch out for this, the stuff we've been discussing. And you, you do have a right to say something about it. Have you had uh, any particular uh, initiatives or uh, communications that you use uh, to uh, defend uh, soldiers or, or military members who are Muslim? Uh, we, we have um, many, many Muslim clients. Um, we have one right, actually there's two right now, both at Fort Polk, both first lieutenants in the army, both mm -hmm. African-American Muslims mm -hmm. that had exemplary records being booted out. And we've been exposing this big time. Mm -hmm. and and trying to stop it uh mikey mm -hmm. actually wrote to the secretary of the army um uh it's uh and it's, it was covered on salon the first one and the second one on crooks and liars um but yeah what are the odds same same base mm -hmm. you know same army post two <laughs> in the in the space of like a month mm -hmm. that are being you know 
suddenly, you know, the, the one we're uh, right now, um, one is OER uh, officer evaluation. Within months, it went from recommending him for promotion to, uh, um, you know, this guy can't be trusted and trying to get him, you know, boot him out. He's think they're supposed to be kicking him out July 1st, uh, all based on the uh, a totally bogus accusation of a one private first class, even though three other people said it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the other, um, she changed her name, to, her last name to X from Simmons to X mm -hmm. because of her Muslim faith. And suddenly went from having an exemplary record to wait a minute, we're going to, you know, kick her out. So, uh, oh, we've had the, and then, and, you know, in the past, we've had things like uh, Muslim order to, to play Santa Claus at Christmas party, um, mm -hmm. uh, things like that, that are just, you know, there was a, instances in Iraq and Afghanistan where they were actually trying to get Muslim, you know, native local uh, Afghanis um, to play, you know, the Middle Eastern guys in the Christmas pageants. Like <laughs> I mean, they, you know, so it goes from just the totally stupid and bizarre to like, look, this is potential career ending for two first lieutenants mm -hmm. for no good reason. Yeah. Other than they're they're Muslim. You know, and from a personal standpoint, this is troubling for sure, but. Um, what worries me is um, our thought processes within the military have not been good over the last 70 years uh, with regard to uh, just our military operations and um, throwing in um, Christian fundamentalism, uh, Christian nationalism uh, would, would, to me, exacerbate that danger. Yeah. Um, if, if we're not thinking about actual military objectives and what, if we start throwing in that, that crusader mentality that didn't work out real well back to starting in 1095, um, that, that really hurt the world. Um, am, am I off, am I off the rails? No, you're not at all. Cause if you look back first Gulf war, general Schwarzkopf ask the chaplains, you know, don't wear your crosses when you're off base because we don't want, you know, don't have any visible stuff outside the chapels of crosses mm -hmm. or anything like that. And the chaplains back then, sure, fine with it. We understand the mission, you know, and, and, and um, you know, we're still going to have our services. We're not going to be shouting it, you know, at whatever. Going from that, to Jesus rifles, like I was talking about before, and chaplains who are like the, the attitude of the, you know, you're taking away my First Amendment rights. Like it doesn't, they're supposed to be serving the service members, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and um, so in, in those few short decades, went from chaplains willingly going along with Schwarzkopf's order to, to 
not have the crosses on and and uh you know they didn't feel the chaplains i guess back then they didn't feel they had to proclaim it they didn't have to wear their crosses it's if it's you know puts people in danger um to these uh chaplains who it just you know you can't violate my rights by not letting me you know that we had one uh guy he wasn't even a chaplain he was a off field officer field grade officer um in germany pre preaching for during the COVID lockdowns holding prayer services preaching in his apartment military housing apartment complex is he just screaming off his and singing off his his balcony to everybody so nobody could escape it that's mm -hmm. the attitude now oh, good like Lord. if you tell me i can't do that you're violating my rights we've been listening to chris rota uh based on her recent article that you can find in daily coast or la progressive i'm sure it's elsewhere is it or it might be yeah so all you have to do is google Chris Rhoda, R-O-D-D-A, um, of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, um, the author's, author of Liars for Jesus, the Religious Rights Alternative Version of American History, and From Theocracy to Religious Liberty, Connecticut's Journey from Thomas Jefferson's Wall of Separation Letter to a State Constitution, as told through the newspaper. And look up her article. It's in depth and it's scary. It's called Former Army Chaplain's PhD Dissertation Revealed Southern Baptist Blueprint to Convert the Military. So Chris, thanks for coming on. Um, just when we thought it couldn't get worse, it got worse. Uh, thanks now, for having me. I'm glad you're interested in the subject. But we end with a song. So uh, onward, Christian soldiers. Uh, <laughs> or what would you like us to play? I think that's. Uh, I can't think of anything else now that you've said that. <laughs> okay. Well, kind of as a, I guess as a parody, unless we can come up with something else. Here is onward, Christian soldiers. <laughs> Here is the Christian Children's Choir. Onward, Christian soul. 